Wakey, wakey, Iggy Biggy. Tis the Smod Coast Morning Show. Blasting awesome sauce all over your interwebs. I was, every time I hear that, it always throw me off. Awesome sauce. Oh, yeah. It's the... It's sperm. God! I had a feeling. Yeah. I I think it's sperm adjacent. I don't think it's actually sperm. You just think what you want to think, but it's gooey, ooey, awesome. No, what is I, sperm adjacent? Yeah, uh, that's, it's a that's reference even to sperm, but it's not actually meant to be. Because sperm. sperm adjacent oh. sounds like diarrhea. You know, yeah, sperm, that's it's, what <laughs> it's sperm-ish. Or belly button lint. It's reminiscent of sperm without actually being. Belly button sauce. lint is way too generous, or that's way too easy. Um, that's Good morning. about as low as I can go. No, Otherwise, I will get you there. We get into the swimsuit area, and that's off limits. <laughs> well, for you, isn't the swimsuit the full body thing? <laughs> Long sleeves. <laughs> I like to go old school. <laughs> <laughs> so she won't talk elbows or wrists or ankles because it's all kind of. Oh, you are a dirty area. bird. <laughs> you are a real dirty bird. <laughs> Uh, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Smod Coast Morning Show Tuesday Left Coast Edition. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. <laughs> I am a host. My name is Marty. I'm here with Giselle Nett and Bill. I am a host. Watterson. It sounds like you're carrying some deadly virus. I, I, I am a host. I am a host of something deadly <laughs> and sexy. Um, yeah, no Kruger today. I don't know. You can tweet at him at Steven Kruger if you want to know where the fuck he is. I decided to let the dogs out today, and we'll see Ooh, if they can So behave. we already have the answer to the age-old question. It was me. <laughs> um, Marty let the dogs yeah, out. Yeah, I'm so bad. Uh, I was at the, the Ralph's the other day. Ralph's is a... Ooh, I pegged you as a Whole Foods no. farmer's market Trader Joe's Oh, no, guy. I... I well, I actually happened to be walking. I was going from Staples, which is on the second floor, and I was walking around the Ralphs. Ah, so you weren't in the Ralphs. No. And okay. there is a... There that, was a that worldview restored. Oh, thank God. And there was a, a giant... Uh, there was a semi pulling a giant open uh, uh, container, you know, like one of these waste bins. Just a huge one. Like I was going to make a feet. terrible open container joke. Oh, it was, no, it was terrible. Because no, no, the law no. is about open container. And oh, I see. It's yeah. terrible. So, uh, no, this was uh, just like a, a, a waste container. And it was filled with... Uh, waste, presumably. No, it was filled with raw meat. Babies. Meat. Just like... Just Same thing. Piles yeah. and piles of just like steak and meat. Ooh. Exposed? Exposed. And, and fried chicken... And just like literally hundreds and hundreds of pounds of it, just mounds of it, raw or raw or cooked. Uh, it was raw. So th- this is, had been expired stuff that they oh, were see, see. that they were just getting rid of, and they were throwing them out, throwing it out. And it was just it was just mind numbing that this was like you know it, it looked all fine, you know, even though it was it was exposed and whatever, but it didn't look like it was it, it wasn't moldy. It was just maggoty. It wasn't maggoty. It was maybe just, they were driving down to Skid Row. Uh, no, no, it was it was an open dumpster. I've never did, stopped them before uh, down there. Did you <laughs> true that? Did you retrieve any of it? Well, it was uh, no, I did not. You know, and then there were there were two uh, little garbage things at the end, garbage cans that were also filled with. Those were the ones that were filled with fried chicken, mm-hmm. and it was so like basically mm. this place, this truck was going around and collecting all the bad meat or the, all the 
the expired the the past date so that it could be ground down and made into chicken mcnuggets probably uh no probably (laughs) that it would just be thrown away in in some you know what do you are you i'm sure you don't know it's not fair to ask because your whole thing is that you saw this and you went what the fuck is this but is there a reason that it would separate the meat like just collect meat instead of the meat just being thrown out with all the other waste yeah i don't know maybe it went to a dog food company for you know there you go yeah but possibly it has some, I, I i like to think that it has some sort of use that it's yeah, some sort of forward thinking it, it was effort. exposed and it was in the elements Ooh. on a hot day uh so i think that it was going to some sort of composting place oh compost well compost is but better still, than nothing well but what that does is i mean it, it is still a waste and and the the truth is in this country, we throw away. Guess how? What percentage of food that we throw away? Oh, I think it is twenty. Twenty percent. Forty percent. Forty percent. So exactly the average the, of our two guests. That's so funny. That's it's just proof we that we're need a perfect take, team. Perfect team. Take ourselves on the road. <laughs> yeah, so it's a it's a huge deal. <laughs> We can be, we can do guess your weight. <laughs> the average It'll be of the, the average two of us. Okay, but the, here's the thing: you, that doesn't bother you that that we throw away forty percent of the, in this country in the world. It's around thirty percent of the food that we create that we generate. We throw away. It definitely bothers me. I One with of, something like raw food that's gone off. I mean, the, 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 the accountability for handing off that food to someone else and what happens to them the, the, is through the roof, and especially in a litigious culture like ours. So if, it, if it's going to compost, if it's going to dog food, that's some comfort. I mean, we should have smaller portions. It, but If these are all the costs of our capitalistic society, and like you say, litigious, one person get a little upset stomach or die from eating something bad, and we say, we have to legislate, and mm-hmm. now everybody have to throw out the meat. But it's it's actually not even that so much as uh, they're trying to sell something, and it's cheaper for them to throw it away and to bring out you know something fresh, like fresh stuff. Yeah, than to manage the uh, expiry dates. Right. And so we end up throwing but that's, stuff. Yeah, and that this, again, that's the capitalism. We have to go with the cheapest way. We can't spend money on a process to actually use up uh, the food that's however, about to go bad. If we, we can have develop to develop a process away. on a local level that doesn't cost a lot of money. Yeah, and is forward thinking. Then there's a business opportunity for someone who wants to take it. You, what ideas do you have? Uh, none. Just that someone else should do that. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think I planted the seed in someone, <laughs> perhaps one of our listeners. Do you mean like to go to around go and collect the? Well, there's. Uh, the, you're right. There, there isn't an impetus to do it on a large scale, and and businesses are looking out for their bottom line, and it is cheaper to throw it away than to deal with potentially legal ramifications or having to develop some potentially expensive system uh, to to protect the food and protect themselves as a company. But I do think there is an opportunity for someone to say, well, what if? We did it this way, and that someone could start on a very local level because it, it wouldn't be it wouldn't you wouldn't need overarching state laws and, and federal laws to, to to hurdles to jump over. You could say, "I'm going to work with this restaurant," or "I'm going to work with this chef who has these five restaurants," yeah. and deal with how he deals with food that's gone off. And then, in working out that system on such a small local level, maybe work out the kinks on how it could be expanded. To other places in the city, other places in the state, and, and perhaps on a national level. Yeah, yeah. I'm just I looking mean, for th- solutions. No, 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 of course, <laughs> of course. I mean, and but the thing is, I you know when we 
were first talking about the number. Like you guys didn't have a reaction. You were talking about how close you were to. The- I worked in the restaurant business for too long. It doesn't surprise me at all. Sure, I no, had no. heard the number before, and so I was a little used to the shock of it. Yeah, and it, I mean, it ends up costing the U.S. four hundred billion dollars a year in waste. Yeah, and it's it's and funny because our problem is four hundred billion dollars a year in waste, and we're all really fucking fat. Yeah, and obesity rates are super Figure it high. out, guys. And at the same time... <laughs> Smaller portions, you won't be so fat, time, and we won't have to throw so much shit out. At the same time, one out of five or one out of six children goes to sleep hungry in this country. Right. Oh, that's in this that's country. madness. So yeah. there's a distribution it problem. So fixable. There's a waste problem. And then it also creates uh, 7% of greenhouse gases globally are due to fat food people waste. farts. See, food this waste. is what I, I think. Not fat if, people farts? If I could wave a wand and... Uh, okay, not to pick on the fashion industry, but let's, that, let's do it. That's just come to mind. But what if we took everybody who was working in the fashion industry and wave a wand and make them all decide to switch to food distribution and equitability yeah. industry? Even then, that wouldn't. They're infrastructure problems. But with the ideas and the ideas and the resources and and everybody put their energy there, we could easily distribute food and and feed everybody. We have the talent. We have the energy. We just don't put our energies there. As a a society, it's not not our priority. Because we have to watch the Oscars and say, I like this dress and I don't like that dress. Um. (laughs) The thing, the problem is that there's no. Which dress did you like at the Oscars? I, I always think everybody. <laughs> I didn't see beautiful. the Oscars, so I, would, I wouldn't be able to, helpful. There's just no incentive for giant agribusiness and these big food. That's what my first thought was to change their practices because consumers don't change their buying habits. And oh. but that's why my first thought was to do it literally pick a chef who's got five restaurants and figure it out with him because if you start at the big, you're, you're fucked. Yeah, I mean, look at Tesla can't even get going because you can't start that big. You can start small. Right, right. So there's a a, a place in Philadelphia in conjunction with uh, Drexel University where they're taking excess food that is perfectly good, but like peas, I guess, are something that are in abundance, but they don't have uh, not many people like peas as much as other vegetables. So this uh, I love peas. This Drexel Food Lab has developed this program to repurpose food that doesn't uh that is just sitting there and then giving it to homeless people but you can't because you can't i'm trying to think back i actually lived and worked on an organic farm in the in 89 the fall of 89 i went to an alumni uh, it it was a semester of high school what did you do on the farm well they take 40 high school students from around the country and i think now increasingly they're 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 starting to become international there are other programs like this this one particular is called the mountain school in berkshire vermont um, and this is before I knew what an organic farm meant. I, and I was just doing it because it sounded like an adventure. I, I wasn't forward thinking in terms of uh, environmentalism or, or health or anything like that. Um, but you, the students um, work the farm. You slop the pigs. You, you harvest the food for the next semester. Um, you, you take care of the grounds and the animals. Um, and the pigs that you're slopping are the pigs you or other semesters end up eating. You know, we, we didn't do any of the slaughtering. On, uh, they did slaughter the turkeys on campus, and, and students were allowed to participate if they wanted. And some, <laughs> some vegetarians. I want to kill. I want to kill. A bunch hey, of vegetarians I... jumped in just to be like, "What is this process that I've been talking about? Let me see it firsthand." And it definitely made me question whether or not I wanted to eat meat. And the answer was, "I do." But yeah, I no, thought so, about it. <laughs> so did you kill turkeys? I didn't. Uh, and part of me felt guilty. I was like, "If I eat it, I should be out there slicing the throats with, that's how with everybody else." Yeah. But I didn't. 
and, and I should I should have taken that opportunity. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, but the point the point being, that was a small enough community that we that when you know. We, if you didn't finish the food on your plate, you scraped it into a slop bucket. You separated out the eggshell, you know, other things like that, so that you didn't pollute the slop bucket. But you, the the un, unfinished food on people's plates went into a slop bucket that fed the pigs, that fed the next semester. So it was all self-contained in a way, right. but th- that only worked because it was on such a small scale, and and only worked because you're taking the uneaten food and giving it to animals, not people, and a pig can't sue you. Right. Um, oh. Oh yeah. Yeah. That I know of. Yet. Well, it's probably coming and it's probably going to happen in Florida. If we refer to the 1972 case, Porky versus the state of California. Porky got demolished, though. Well, yeah. I was going to give Porky's reaction, but I can't remember Porky Pig's voice. Come <laughs> 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 on, folks. Isn't it like that? <laughs> So, food that is, uh, there are no laws about food expiration. You know, when they have the expiration date on. It's suggested? That is, that is all manufacturer done. Really? So, if it goes past the date, it doesn't mean that it's bad or it doesn't mean that it's I unsafe. And, all and it doesn't also mean then that you have no recourse of action? Uh, if you eat it past the date, well, if you eat it past the date, sell-by date, I'm sure, yeah. said, well, we fucking told you not to eat it. It's a suggested thing. And it's, I didn't I think know it, that. I think it's only like a baby formula where it's that's a mandated thing. But uh, for all other food, from what I've heard, is that it's just a, it's a, it's a suggestion. And it's a, you, it doesn't mean you're going to get food poisoning if you eat that piece of cheese the day after. But it and, does mean they're incentivized to extend the date. If, no, so that, they're incentivized to shorten the date. Because they want you to keep buying food. Oh, yeah. But so. if there's no recourse of action, if you eat bad food, rather than throw out oh, a warehouse wait, full of cheese, wouldn't you, they just say... But why are you... You see, that's the mentality. Why is you automatically thinking, what is my recourse of action? If I get a stomach ache from because eating a bad... Because I'm very good at putting myself in other people's bad shoes. Bad egg, I'm going to have to sue somebody for my stomach ache. I was thinking the opposite. I was thinking if I own a warehouse full of cheese that I think is going to make people sick in a week, and there's no, there's no one telling me I can't say, this is good for another two weeks... But then I can continue to sell that warehouse full of cheese. Yeah. Yeah, But they, cheese is old milk. (laughs) Okay, not cheese. Anything else, you know? Yeah. Um, But like Scobies or whatever the fuck you people eat. (laughs) Pomegranate. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, yeah. Pomegranate. Yeah, yeah. They had eggs on sale the other day at the store. It was 50% off for these eggs. And I was making deviled eggs. And I say to the guy, hey, why is this one's 50% off? And he pointed out, oh, because they expire today. So I said, well, I will stock up. So I bought them all. Yeah, and eggs last forever. That, like they, that's great. They I don't do mind. They really well. Uh, I, I'm... I'm fine. I leave mayonnaise out. We make a sandwich. I leave it on the dash of the car for the <laughs> afternoon. Yeah. And some you, people like, say, you, oh, don't eat the mayonnaise. You would eat the, the, the tuna sandwich uh, the day after when we were camping. That's right. Yeah. I don't have a problem. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I might have a problem with two-year-old mayonnaise, but I don't <laughs> I don't sweat it if the crackers are passed by the sell-by date. You know? Crackers. Crackers. Personally, I'm encouraged that uh, big businesses would err on the side of people not getting sick versus err on yeah, the side no, of selling off their shit. Sure. That's, that's comforting to me, actually. Yeah, yeah. And also, it does make them make people throw out a lot of food and then right. buy, buy the same product, you know. 
Uh, like I do know, think soy, soy sauce and ketchup doesn't go bad. You yeah, know, that one is, I don't buy at all. But you know, it might taste oxidized or whatever. But it's not going to kill you. I do think there. I do genuinely think there's a, a business opportunity, perhaps not a profitable one on a, on a national scale, but certainly no, a functioning one on a local scale. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, there, that's there's true. a that. there's a pro- program that's starting here in LA. This guy is 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 doing something to address that by getting the you know the the slightly uh, uh, cosmetically blemished food and right. then repurposing it into food for homeless people and and turning it into a business you know That's which is, good. Which is That's really smart i know there was like there's a non-profit called in maybe everywhere but i, I remember them specifically in new england because i was working at a, a bagel shop and the man, the man took great pride in the freshness of his bagels, so he didn't sell. At the end of the day, well, he wasn't going to sell it, yeah, and that's, so that's, you know, food not bombs yeah. came around and and collected all the. I mean, the, so the question is, what can we do as an individuals? So well, here Darren point out by tweet, he have reached us by the Twitter, and he say the three R's are reduce, reuse, and recycle. Everyone forgets the first two and they focus on the last one. That's a very good point, that is Darren. A good point. It's funny because I, um, where I'm working now, they they're giggle, schmuggle. They have uh, <laughs> these bins, you know, where they, it's separated out. Like you have the composting thing for for your food and your paper towels, and and then you've got the recycling thing, and then the landfill stuff. And see, even you know, that is but didn't the, exist when. No, sure, you know, but then know, but it gets ago? you in the mentality of like. Oh, well, sure, I'll have another can of soda or a bottled thing because it's getting recycled and then you just throw it away and, and it's just not the right mentality. And then people right. take a lot of extra food and it goes into the... Uh, yeah, the reduce is the first one. Yeah. You know, I think for me, this is where my quote-unquote morality is headed <laughs> these days, which is what is the least that I can use in the world? How... How small can I make my usage there so a, that there is enough for other people? There was a woman who went through a, in a, every an experiment area. where o- over two years she kept all her uh, trash. You yeah. Know, and it fit into one mason jar. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. And everything else was either composted or she used reused things. Re- and she made her own toothpaste, made her own you know, detergent and yeah. got it from places... Uh, the ingredients from places where she could bring her own containers. A some, little extreme. That, that's very extreme. Not all of us have time to some, make toothpaste and soap. Yeah, but it's great. Also, she probably stank and had bad breath. <laughs> uh, but it's great that somebody went through that. And her clothing was made out of cheese wrappers. <laughs> no, but it, it, it serves as an inspiration. <laughs> Chased down the street by dogs constantly. <laughs> yeah, it do. It serves as an inspiration. How low can you go? You know, how, how much can you How do you make you that reuse? sexy? though because it's just not sexy and america's obsessed with what's cool and sexy and consumerism yeah so how do you like is there is there i think there is again it's not going to come from me but but is there a marketing campaign or or design campaign or or some sort of celebrity campaign that can make that sexy well, that's a very interesting point that you bring no one gives up. Because a shit that Egg Begley Jr. rode his bike of, to the Oscars. No one fucking cares. Most of the things that uh, popular culture says is sexy, to me, it's not sexy. I'm the same. I, I, I prefer uh, stinky, hairy hippies. Well, I'm not the same. 
<laughs> you, I think there's a middle ground. <laughs> tell, tell us what they did. Was there any um, packaged food at the hippie birthday you went to this weekend? Somebody brought a... Okay, so I went to a friend of mine's 65th birthday party and was a real Old hippie, timer. hippie fest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's got a community of people who love him and everybody was there. And they all... It's a cult. <laughs> it was a potluck. Were you all in white robes? <laughs> it, those of us who was dressed. <laughs> Come as you are. Uh, but it was a potluck and everybody bring healthy, you know, kale slaw and cashew kale slaw and all this sprouted wheat, this and that, yams and black beans was all very healthy, vegan, delicious. And uh, for dessert, the host have make uh, gluten-free, vegan... Uh, Cutter Mike. Cutter Mike. Carrot cake. <laughs> Cookies. But like also, worst somebody. Fucking party no, it was ever. delicious. <laughs> the food was really tasty, and you can eat all that you want. You never feel bad because it's good for you. It's all healthy, healthy. I have to take a shit immediately when I eat vegan food. There was bathrooms just down the hall. You mm. can go and then come back and load up again. <laughs> <laughs> but just anyway. An endless cycle. <laughs> Where's <laughs> Bill? Oh, he's getting ready for seconds. <laughs> Literally, it's like, oh, broccoli. <laughs> I got a shit. I'll be back. <laughs> I love that broccoli is like considered vegan food. It's just a vegetable, right? You know? Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, the first three letters, four letters of vegan. Yeah. yeah. It's B-R-O for broccoli. And- <laughs> oh, wait. I did not know what direction you was going. But anyway, somebody bring to the potluck a package of Newman O's I put cookies. the bro in broccoli. That's is that what cool. you were thinking? Is that you think I was going Now you're making it sexy. See? It can be done. So we get a picture of you topless. Because uh, <laughs> Listen, because you have that nice body that you have, <laughs> right? Bill and, is naked and you're right holding, now. <laughs> you're holding a head of broccoli, looking down at it lovingly. And, and breastfeeding it. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you're looking at the camera in kind of a charismatic, cagey, sexy way, like, oh, hello. And, and then I didn't expect to see you here. <laughs> and then we put the caption. He puts the bro in broccoli. Uh, maybe maybe David Beckham might be a better you choice. You look exactly like him. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, like were you saying Newman's own? So somebody brought the Numenos cookies. Okay. To the party and the package stayed closed. Really? I think there was sort of a but that's some forward thinking agreement that we're just going to eat the gluten-free carrot cake <laughs> cupcakes. Although I bit into it and I, I ate about half of it and then I thought to myself, I wish I knew somebody here at the party well enough that I could say, here, finish my cupcake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the dog is just like, oh, oh I just dropped it. Oh, and the dog is just like sniffing it and going, so I choked, yeah, you can have it. <laughs> I choked down the rest of my cupcake and then I was talking to this nice lady and she go, hey, you want the other half of my cupcake? <laughs> <laughs> this is why I hate hippies. <laughs> uh, Newman's Own is a real forward-thinking company. I know, but for some reason they didn't get opened. Mm. And uh, letting that shit go to waste yeah. is more wasteful than. Well, I'm sure somebody brought yeah. them home. But I love that nobody would eat it. Like hippies. I think nobody wanted to admit to wanting to eat yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, this cupcake <laughs> is 
fine. And the, the frosting was, uh, I think it was cream cheese frosting, but it was vegan cream cheese. So it was kind of, it wasn't like a bright white. Kind it was of kind of grayish. <laughs> All right. So as individuals, okay. everybody should just... Uh, reduce. Reduce. Limit. Reuse. Yep. And be really mindful of what you buy and try to use what you buy. I have... I throw away food all the time because, um, just because we all do. But it, I try I to. Don't. You don't. I don't. I eat until I get sick, and then I go. I got to make smaller portions. Ah, well, you know, I buy. I go. I do go to the farmers market, and I end up buying stuff that looks interesting, and then I end up not cooking it um, in a time mindly timely fashion. I wonder if I, I frequently the the size of the portions that I cook are for are tend to be for for two, and I wonder if that's just wishful thinking on my part. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I always buy it. Maybe I was hardwired to be part of a part of a Aww. you know partnership, and and I always cook for two, whether I, I'm that hungry or not. Yeah. Um, so maybe one day in the future we'll hold something other than stomach aches. Yeah, from overeating. Okay. Um. Okay. So Darren says, um, I don't throw any out any food. Uh, I. Oh, don't buy food I will not eat. I eat all I buy. That's very noble. That's great. And then uh, Jenny Marie was saying that um, she saw she was shocked to see eggs not being refrigerated in the UK. But then I thought about, you know, why do we refrigerate them? And um, then Michael said, uh, when you like sal- salmonella, keep eating those eggs. The problem with the, the salmonella with eggs is that comes from the way that we raise the eggs, the, the chickens. And they're in such close co- quarters and they're, treat- they're filthy. Mm. And so then the eggs get, end up getting salmonella. So if you, um, there are ways to raise chickens that don't have salmonella and, or reduce the, the risk of it. And I, I don't know why we refrigerate them. I think it's because people are paranoid. And it's interesting that if you go to Europe or a farmer's market, they don't refrigerate them. They yeah. just have them out. Have you oh. been hearing uh, this author's on a book tour for Why Did the Chicken Cross the World? Which should have been titled Why Did the Chicken Cross the Globe? Because it sounds more like the joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's talking about how, I forget the name of the bird, but there's, there's a... Chicken. <laughs> Clever. There's a there's a bird, uh, a chicken like bird. Maybe it is. It, he, the point is that it was sort of the original chicken that can still be found in Asia, I believe. That ta- that is oilier and greasier and has much more flavor than the chicken mm-hmm. we've we've sort of developed over the years. And it yeah, it was brought over to England, mm. and it became that's when like originally chicken wasn't even used as a food thing. It was right. used for fighting and for religious Cock rituals yeah. and. And but then, chi- but it's crazy the chicken doesn't taste like chicken, but there's a chicken that still tastes like chicken, but it's not what we're eating. We're just eating other chicken. You just blew my mind. Yeah. I think there's a similar thing with bananas. Yeah, Why did the yeah. chicken cross the globe? Why did he not call it that? I That's know. the better title. How I hard know. is that? Does yeah. he have no people? Does he have no people around him? He, I did, guess he needs you. Out? He needs you. Uh, <sighs> yeah, bananas, we like whatever, 98% of bananas are all the same clone of the Cavender banana yeah and it's it's really fragile like it's on the brink of where if a disease out goes you know rampant then we're yeah fucked. we could have a banana blight but i don't i don't really eat bananas you know oh. i eat bananas every day i've already had two today yeah really it's, uh, no one it's um do you have a second one slated for later in the day i do it's a slow energy it's potassium. Yeah. It's a slow energy release. It's yeah. good for good for long, hard days, which it's they all seem to be. I have it mixed in with my grimace vomit that you all 
Does, you, does Do have you mash it? Because I don't remember seeing it. No, yeah, uh, that's right. I uh, dice it and put it in right at the beginning so that it disintegrates and just become the sweetener or like a uh, binder. I, I actually bit. like the, the texture. I like the yeah, no, I don't like chunks of it. I like to blend it in. But yeah, have a banana in there every morning. Lillian Jane wants to know if we saw The East. Um, I think it, Britt Marling was in that. Um, was it a movie? It's a movie, and all the main characters eat nothing but food others have thrown out. It's like a, it's like a Fregans do Fregans, that. yeah. Dumpster, Dumpster divers. divers. Yeah, Jinx. If, if you, One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, whip pinky swear. But, um, <laughs> if you ever go to a grocery store or a uh, fast food place, just look in the dumpster and just see what's yeah. there. It's shocking. I yeah. wish that it was yeah. culturally acceptable to eat the food that someone else has left on their table at a restaurant when they leave. Yeah, me too. Especially when I was dead broke in Dublin. Yeah. I remember going and to this Chinese just, place. Oh hey, that's and I could a good title for a book. Dead broke in Dublin. Yeah, that's great. Um, you should write that. I hey, could, Joseph Douglas. <laughs> I call out to Joseph Douglas, write that. I'd write a story no, called Don't Dead. give it away. Oh, you're going <laughs> to keep mine. it for yourself? It, okay. was my, it was my life in the 90s. Okay, never I mind. I could only afford this like side portion of something, and somebody had gotten up and left a huge plate of rice and beef. Oh. And I was just staring at it, being like, There's, that's just going to get thrown away. Yeah. I'm dead broke. I'm fucking starving. Right. Um, and actually, a friend of mine went and got it and put it on my table. Oh, good. Nice. And I was going to eat it, and the waiter came by and took it. Took it away. <gasps> Fuck him. All right, oh, I'll, just, I'll just be hungry. Rude. That's okay. God. That just sucks. That does suck. By the way, I've been reading out tweets. I also might have gotten herpes, so. For those what? who... I could have gotten herpes from some stranger's food. Oh, sure. That happens all the time. That's so so for weird. everybody who's lit... <laughs> Every, is it? I don't know. Anybody who wants to tweet in. How At Nooner Dan Marty. Anybody with herpes. And uh, I want to welcome everybody who's been tweeting out. That includes Jenny Marie. And welcome Jared. to all of you who have herpes. And uh, Michael and Jane and uh, Joseph Douglas. Have herpes. Um, yep. <laughs> A lot of people have herpes. There's no shame in it. Is that like the, what you do Jeff with the Strong, fortune cookies when you say in bed? In bed with herpes. Mid, mid herpes. <laughs> Tyson. So we also have the Tumblr page. It's tuesdaysmornings.tumblr.com. We have a lot of links in there. Thanks to Darren and Tyson. Hashtag and, uh, Mitt Herpes. <laughs> Hashtag Mitt Herpes. <laughs> I haven't heard from Lou in ages. Huh? Yeah, oh, she, oh, the herpes, Lou. She got home from the store with all this healthy stuff. Then watch and it, herpes. Then watch it rot while whilst I eat grilled cheese. Oh wow! <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, I mean convenience is a big thing. Like I, if I'm in a thing. rush, I I will go to a, a fast food place and try to order something healthy, but it's still like crappy, and then I feel great shame. I've been by. I I great tended shame. to buy um, frozen chicken and frozen vegetables because I never know when I'm going to cook. But frozen and, vegetables and I are hate fine. Shopping. Like, yeah. Um. And recently, I tried to. I have shifted from the, the relatively healthy or at least it claims not to have additives and a whole bunch of other shit, um, frozen chicken that you can get at Trader Joe's, to getting the organic, free-range, um, fresh chicken. And honestly, this is embarrassing, but my no level difference. of stress has gone up because I know if I don't cook enough chicken in a certain amount of time, I've wasted all this money on the chicken that costs <laughs> 10 times more yeah. than my bag of frozen chicken. Can, so I'm like, I'm thinking about my next meal all the time. But can you just buy it and then freeze it yourself? I can. I My I, my freezer, just it just covers everything in, in those crystals oh, and it doesn't yeah. taste as good yeah. and, and you know gets freezer burn and it's like, well, I might as well just get the frozen chicken anyway. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. And if I have to do the whole process of defrosting and running it under hot water, I might as well just get the frozen chicken. Yeah. Um, Costs a tenth as much. And by the way, I want to really thank we've, uh, people for listening. In the past uh, couple months, 
like I think listenership has gone up and we've gotten a lot more tweets and and emails and it's all because of you guys. So thank you so much for listening and for participating because the podcast is only as good as you guys, um, you know. And uh, participating, we like you. We really lo- I love to read your tweets. Look here, we have Jacko and Jenna Marie and Lou Yako. and Lou and... Oh, is Yako? Yeah. Well, then aren't I a jerk? <laughs> I'm sorry, Yako. No, you're a yerk. <laughs> I'm a, a yerk. <laughs> Yako, why did I think it was Jacko? Anyway, there you are. You just tweeted in. And I just love everybody. They're so nice and really interesting people. Uh, did you, are you, you guys... would not be saying that if Kruger were here, I bet. I would be saying it, and he would shut me down with some smart Alec remark that would be funny enough to that my glasses would fog up, but I would have to take it because it's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you familiar with this whole... Uh, did we talk about the, the Chelsea... Um, Saint Germain Paris thing uh, issue? No. Not so, to me. Okay, there was a uh, a soccer game a couple weeks ago, and the hoodlums, uh, the racist hoodlums, the Dutch ones. No, no, these are the English Italians. Ones. English. English. Uh, yeah, we talked Irish. about it last week. We did. Okay. Yeah, we did. Two weeks ago. Yeah, probably two weeks ago. So this guy about. Richard Barkley, he was one of the the English name. He's the guy who pushed the black man out of the 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 train car. And while his Irish compatriots were singing, you know, uh, 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 celebrating their racism, you know, we're racist, we're proud, or something like that. Hmm. And he pushed him out for to save him, or he pushed him no, out because he didn't want any blacks in the train he, car. He didn't want any blacks in the train car. And and this guy is a he works uh, is a director of World Human Rights Forum, Uh-oh. a global network of campaigners which lectures on racial tolerance. Uh oh. And he's an ex cop. Uh, and he maintains that, like, so first of all, he said, uh, when it first happened, you see him in the video, and uh, he said he had nothing to do with it, and he wasn't singing along with him. But if, and then now he says, yeah, I pushed him out because there was no room on the train. But there was like no kindness or politeness to him pushing this man off the train. And if you look at the guy, he's just, he's, he could be, it looks like he's singing along, that he's just really drunk and not enunciating well. Uh, and it's just, just shameful that this guy is just—he's uh, just bald-faced lying about. Um, oh well, all right. So, what do you guys think? Uh, I think he should be fired from what his job, telling people not to be racist because so, he's racist. I'm—I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm making fun of everybody of, of because we was right all now. tweeting. You guys were all, us all yeah, they tweeting. were all on their phones, not Trying not to even interact with the people. Who were no, no, this yes, is true. We're, we're a podcast, not a tweet cast. <laughs> well, because uh, uh, C- I do think he should be fired. C. L. Miller oh, made a really he's poorly nice. qualified. For he, he said, "I'm not a racist, and I never have been a racist. I did not take part in any racist singing." But his mouth is open while they're singing. So either he's a moron. And he shoved a black man off a train. And he tra- shoved, like, a, shoved a, bl- a black man unceremoniously off yeah. the train. Uh, you know, it's grounds for dismissal. It's what if ridiculous. we switch? You know, uh, what was the country where there was all that killing uh, in Africa? All of them. No, uh, s- um, One of them. All of them. Sudan. Some, and instead of having uh, punishment and revenge, there's having reconciliation. 
And they're trying that because they just want the violence to end. So they're asking people to come forward and have a conversation, apologize, talk it out, and they say, we're not going to punish you because we just want it to end. Like the dude with his elbows at the movie theater and your friend yeah, yeah at the show. So, I, we, that actually, so what I, if instead <laughs> of saying, we got to fire this guy, what if we invite him to have a conversation and we sit down and we have people say, listen. And say, you're fired. <laughs> it hurt, I, I, I just, it hurt I, us I, and here's I, why. I see, I see what you're saying for sure. And I've actually been wrestling with the whole not being a dick to dicks thing a lot recently. Oh, that's uh, which I would like to talk about at about, some point. No, we can talk about it. It's really frustrating. That's we, a good one. It's really frustrating. But we talked about that last week, and you were like, "I don't want to have to deal with them," but you kind of have to, right? You have well, to. yeah, you have to. There, there are ways to deal with them, and 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 I, and I, I do want to talk about that. And this, this might be the good way into that. But but, but before I, regardless of having the conversation with this person and getting this person to to discuss more openly what was behind what he was doing, why he was doing it, and, and having him think about that and talk about that and share that so that we can learn something and he can learn something, I still think he's unqualified for his job. Oh. And somebody mm-hmm. needs to be doing that job, and I think he's unqualified. Okay, that's a good point. And I, I don't, it's not like, oh, we well, fire him and then we can all feel better because we well, did the right thing, but somebody needs to be doing that job and he's clearly not well, qualified. Well, what if like they, like they give you uh, training, a little more training at your job? What if we take him in and we have this nice conversation and he share his feelings and we have other people share their feelings about how racism hurt, and then we retrain him and give him another chance to do his job? See if we can keep him in the job. Well, Always I think, an option. I think he has to prove that it, some change. It's, it's yeah, going to be very, yeah, and this it's is very a, hard for him to be a director of a human rights group that that is is promoting racial tolerance when he did that. Like it, it. I don't think. I think there are certain cases where people can be forgiven. That one, I think, is a really tough one. Hmm. What if he said? What if he, he, he covered he, in your dog slob? <laughs> <laughs> you, it's that torso of yours. Everybody <laughs> loves it. Uh, what if he goes drinks like a gallon of water and puts his head in my lap? And I'm like, ah, oh, that's sweet. Gross. I mean, I love him, but what if he I'm said, um, "What if he said, listen, I'm really sorry for what I do, and here's why I did it because I was feeling lonely and I needed the camaraderie and I wanted to feel part of a group and it was terrible of me and I've learned and maybe he could be in even." An even better ambassador for racial Absolutely. tolerance, well, you have the guys, having been the, through this the, experience. The gang members who have been in jail for twenty years. Yeah, that's right. He can speak it, from experience. I think he should. Absolutely. He should lecture all his uh, his fellow hooligans about racial tolerance and lead them in racial sensi- sensitivity training. Yeah. And and see how that turns out. I want to tell you something. Hooligans. I think that people, everybody, like to be a part of a community and a part of a group. And when you see all the different groups and communities that we have in the world, which is like an infinite amount, uh, and everybody feels so strongly. So the things that are universal are this strong feeling for the group and uh, that we like to belong. But the specifics of what the group is actually don't matter. What? We, can, we just know that we love to be part of a group. So no. maybe we can turn our groups to be health, healthy and helpful rather than... But I'm the, just blowing smoke out my butt. I don't know no, what I'm but saying. You, no, you're right. The people end up in bad 
groups because they want to be part of something and they right. want to feel right. included. I do, I do still think, and, and this definitely reminds me of why we were talking about why isn't there, why don't we tell our stories of empathy porn instead of revenge? I, <laughs> I do think, at least in terms of the specifically the stories, um, we do need to get that off our chest, get some of the darker stuff off our chest somehow. And if we get it off our chest by playing video games or going to movies about things that aren't wonderful and peace and, it's and good love. to have good outlets yeah it's, it's i do think it's a necessarily a necessary outlet and um i don't think somebody who wants to be in a gang and go around shooting people is going to get the same out of um a kumbaya group but uh gluten-free carrot cake muffins <laughs> for everybody um this weekend i went to take my niece to a concert and she's 13 years old, and with her, one of her childhood friends, we went to this concert driving an hour away. Oof. Yeah, which is bad. And it was a fun way to spend a Saturday night going to a band that I don't know. And I mean, I've never felt so old. And like, I, like you know, I listen to lots of new music, but uh, have you guys heard of this band called The Black Veiled Brides? No. No. Uh, well, they're they, I think they're called metalcore. I think it's the genre of of uh, music where it's a lot of um, it's sort of heavy metal, but with like very, a lot of growling and weird singing. But oddly, okay, focus. Yeah. They oddly. all have uh, they all have teenage girl fans. So get to this theater, and around the block, it's just. Like teenage girls and like you Ooh. know, yeah, easy, easy. Uh, and that's a community I like to be a part of. Yeah, and it was, and I've never been in a situation where I've been like, you call this music, you know? And it was very, uh, I've never felt old as old before. There was the did the music suck? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll bring some up just so you can hear what it sounds like, but. Um, but uh, did you take pictures of the teenage girls? I did, and they were so cute. It was the will, first... you, will you bring those up too? <laughs> <laughs> um, right. call, call the police. <laughs> uh, it's the first time I, my niece wore eye makeup before, and oh. she's getting all like they're a hot topic. Is your niece band. single? Um, oh, we'll get we'll get to your dating life in a second. No, we won't. Yes, we will. Um, and uh, and so I'm sitting there, and it's um, I haven't gotten to the uh, the music yet, it's but it is oh. adorable seeing you actually wear headphones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, they hurt me. <laughs> but uh, so I had to leave. I had to go. Oh out, wow! Out, out into the lobby. You chaperone. You did chaperone city. You walked out. And, yeah, yeah. Because wow. like like one of the bands was just like, um, yeah, this song, next song goes to all the kids out there who uh, don't get. Only are judged on what's on the outside and not what's on the inside. It's called skin deep. Woo! And like, oh, I hate and it's them. Just like, oh. I hate them. Yeah. yeah. So you didn't throw beer cans at them? Oh, uh, I no, because I, 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 I was not wearing. How great the, would that have been? Oh yeah. This is about being accepted and <laughs> <laughs> out cold. <laughs> I mean, it was so pandering. It, it, but anyhow, my niece was loving it. So mm. I went out to the lobby and then. Like there's little seating areas there, and they're all just like middle-aged <laughs> parents, just like all on their phones, like you know. And, and then I ordered uh, a glass of wine from the bar because I was like, "Fuck it, if I'm going to be stuck here, might as well have a glass of wine." And and uh, the bartender's like, oh, "Let's see, wine, we have two, wine. We have two Ugh, bottles of wine." And, uh, and I'm like, "You a, we only have, have we have a box of yeah." And I was like, "You only have two bottles of wine," and she's like, "Well, who's going to order?" 
wine at a show like this. And I was like, the person who drives the kids <laughs> and has to listen to this. An hour on the freeway and has to listen to this bullshit. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is, okay. Get me wine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what are they called again? Black Veiled Brides. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, the crazy thing is they were really good with Did their they instruments. they wear black veils? Um, no, they, they they played, they like were skinny guys with long hair. They were guys and they called themselves brides. Oh, that's... Were... It's very fluid these days. Ugh. Yeah. And you know, um, what's that? Yeah. The, the, the people... What's what's the band with uh, something five? Um, Benfold. Benfold's five. There weren't five people in that band. Yeah, but come on. This is a little different. All right, it's it's queuing up here, but um, anyhow, it was really really fun seeing them. But I and how like, old is your niece again? Thirteen. Oh, yeah. yeah. So did she bring a friend? Yeah, yeah, she brought a friend. You were tweeting at the time, but okay, um, sorry. Yeah, no, they they were singing along at the top of their lungs, and um, oh well, then I have to say, which is worse, the Black Veil Brides or Let It Go, Let It Go. Don't hold me back anymore. <laughs> I can keep going. I'm waiting for you to keep going. No, I, I won't put anybody through it. But which is worse? Uh, you know, I'm. I just love that they love music. You know, oh. my nieces really oh. like music. So. I don't that hear is, it. That is metal. Yeah, but. And yeah, they did like a Motley Crue cover. Uh, this is internet sex on this computer. Don't okay. worry. All right, forget it. Not happening. Well, I heard the. Dun, 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 dun. I, I get it. Did your parents take you to concerts? Yes, my mother took me to see Bob Dylan when I was a sophomore in high school. Or did she take you? Was she Dylan? Uh, no, she did not want to be there. Uh, that was that was totally for my benefit. Really, that's um, very nice of her. But yeah. I mean, like. One thing about this concert is that everyone was really nice and polite, you know. And really, at a heavy metal concert, yeah, yeah. I call bullshit on all you fight, fight, fuck, bull, fuck, fuck all of you. Bullshit. They're a hot topic band. Like, if you go to Hot Topic, like a third of the merchandise is devoted to Black Veiled Brides and the, you know, the other two bands. So, right. Um, so you know, it's just like, ah. oops. Sorry. I think we got to go all or nothing with this. Yeah, yeah. YouTube it, I'm clip. just getting let it queue up a little bit. Um, I can't wait for this segment to be over. <laughs> <laughs> no, what, what was it? If I'm being honest. <laughs> did, did Dylan, did your mom sit with, through Dylan with you? Not with me. No, we, she took a friend and I and let us go hang out and pretend we were older than we were. Oh. Um, and somebody asked me for a bowl. And I was like, why would I bring a bowl? For, like, <laughs> I didn't get it at all. I had long hair at the time. So I was constantly being asked for a bowl. And I was like, who fucking carries bowls around? <laughs> what, you brought cereal and you didn't think to bring a fucking bowl? Will you leave me alone? Oh, that's, that's so sweet. cute! <laughs> like Fifteen times between sophomore year of high school and because you look like you college. you'd be holding. Yeah, and constantly people, and then finally people would come up and say, "I would just really like to smoke with you sometime." And then I was like, "I'm starting to understand what you people are talking about." But, was it a good show? Um, it was when he had was it G. E. Smith, the Saturday Night Live guitarist, okay. the Shredder. Mm-hmm. It was when he had him in the band, so it was a it was a pretty rocking band. I. What happened a lot in my younger days is I went to concerts of people whose music I got into afterwards. So I didn't, it wasn't like I knew every tune and I was screaming and singing along and super happy. I was like, oh, this is a really good band. I should listen to more of their stuff. Um, so it, it, you know, it wasn't a greatest hits tour for me because I, I only knew a couple of the songs. This, this is a Black Veiled Bride song that has 29 million listens on YouTube. Okay. 29 million and one. 
Metallica ripoff. Yeah. I mean, but I wanted to hear how terrible the voice was. Oh, no, I mean, they, they're, they're fine, you know? It's just not my music, you know? It's kind and, of disappointing that at a concert like that, everybody was polite. They weren't jumping up and down and freaking out. And, oh, they, they were, but in a polite way, you know? Yeah. Oh, you like to have fights and well, I just like mosh pit. I like a, aggressive. If you really mean it, then be it. You know, if you're really aggressive, then that's where you go and you be aggressive. And you don't mosh pits were friendly back in the day. I mean, I got hurt, but it was never intentional. People were helping oh. each other out. Oh yeah. Just I mean, like, there was a lot of groping and stuff like that too. I guess. Do you remember? Your, did your parents ever take you to a concert? Hans Last. It was very good. Uh, who uh, is that? His famous German singer and, and musician. What was one of? What, can you sing one of his songs? Oh, you know, I was too young to remember, uh, but I remember there was big fans. So we go uh, that one. When I come here to this country, I saw um, Sticks, the Sticks. Oh yeah, yeah. And also, uh, I'm sailing away. Yeah. And I saw Elvis Costello. You saw Elvis Costello? That's yeah. awesome. Bill and I did it in Elvis Costello. Listen, I know this world is killing you. <laughs> Lou said when she was 13 it was new kids on the block uh, that she screamed over we screamed over uh, the, this sounds far trendier I'm so old <laughs> Jenny Marie said my mother uh, made me go see uh, Kenny Rogers with her that was my first concert I'll never get over it that's pretty funny lady <laughs> oh god that's all I know <laughs> I'm your knight in shining armor and I love you Wow. And then Tyson said, uh, the not, a, not a single mouse in Modest Mouse. But, uh, you know, <laughs> point, good, good point. point. <laughs> Bit of squeaking, though. That's no, they bound from nowhere. Modest Mouse is awesome. Gambler. We was both, both too, too tired, tired to sleep. sleep. So you? we took turns uh, staring at uh, the, the window, window at the darkness yeah. till boredom oh, overtook yeah. us. And he, he began, began to speak. speak. He said, son, I made alive. Oh, we can do the whole thing. <laughs> hey, so I read this in the news today. This is a new topic. Uh, there's a guru in India, uh, Gurmeet Ram Rahim Singh. And uh, he has a lot of followers in the, in the world. How many followers on Twitter? But, oh, you know, I don't know. Uh, but he have about millions and millions of followers in the world. And in 2000, about 400 of his followers uh, had themselves castrated. Which is, that's t just having the testicles removed? That's right. Okay. In order to be closer to God. That's an interesting path. Question. What, um, Point of order, what, yes. <laughs> what, what, what's the logic behind it? How, is, what makes it close? Is it removing lustful feelings that makes you closer to God? Is it no longer being able to procreate that somehow makes you closer to God? Is it being willing to suffer that makes you closer to God? I what? think it would be all of those things. Primarily the first and the third. The removal of lust and sexual urges and See, uh, willingness this is why to suffer. I hate religion. Um, because there's nothing wrong with lust and sexual urges, yeah, even though they true. make me unhappy, but there's nothing wrong with them. Um, and that whole idea of the, the 
you know, the Virgin Mary and he's a birth, but not with sex. It's like, oh, Jesus Christ, stop demonizing sex. If it weren't for sex, there wouldn't be any of us. But see, it's a, I don't have a problem with it because this means that they're, this religion will die out if those in, in one generation. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I think it was the Shakers, is that right? Who, uh, in yeah. Ohio, that, the Quakers, maybe? No, the Shaker movement where they, they were all about celibacy. Mm. And so then they died out. Guys. <laughs> Oh, uh, we need yeah. a plan B here. Oh, here's <laughs> another question. Here's another follow-up question. What do they do with all those balls? Reduce, reuse, recycle. Yes, they, don't you know? They, Have you not been listening? A bunch of, uh, what are those? Meatballs. Uh, oh, those clicky-clacky clicky, things. Clickety-clacky eternal motion machines? Yeah. Perpetual the motion the machines? Pendulum ball yeah. swingy things. Or you can go out in the back in the dumpster, and if it's just going to be thrown away... Hey, waiter, don't take my plate of balls. <laughs> <laughs> there was a guy in Japan we talked about it on the show who ate his own testicles. Jesus. <gasps> Why? Was that a god thing too? Uh no, no, it was just a weird stunt thing and he had a chef. That's a weird stunt. A chef prepare them. Is it, where else but Japan? <laughs> um it was either there or surprised there isn't a restaurant where they the, the full service restaurant where you can walk in and eat your own balls. Darren just like those fish places. You bring the fish and we cook it for you. Yeah. You bring your balls. <laughs> <laughs> we'll slice them open. We'll slice you open. Fry them up. Serve you your own balls, you idiot. Darren posted a, a, a fan painting of uh, Black Veiled Brides. And my niece is an incredible artist as well. And she draws uh, many pictures of Andy, oh, Andy, the lead singer. Just, it's so. They look very cute. handsome. Uh, and or then, pretty, I can't tell. They look very anime, anyway. Jane Lynn uh, dragged her parents to see uh, to London to see Prince. Ooh. <laughs> my mom went to the came to the, my mum, <laughs> uh, my mum came to the can- concert, um, and my dad went to the cinema. They're good sports. That's awesome. Yeah, that is. I was asking her. Uh, I tweeted back. That must have been a good concert. I've never seen Prince in concert, but I, I bet that's either. a good concert. You know, he did like a three-week uh, residency here the at the Forum, forum yeah. where Aww. it was like thirty dollars a ticket. <gasps> and uh, why didn't you tell me? Because uh, uh, just couldn't be bothered. It was pretty pretty public knowledge. Hey, listen, everybody. Uh, I made a mistake this morning, and I double booked myself, so I have to go now. Okay. Uh oh. Yeah. Just me and Marty. No. Just can, like the old days? Does the door of you can carry on? This is going to be a retro pod. Carry on my way, word Giselle. Okay, so there's the tweets for you to take over the tweeting machine. <laughs> and I will talk to everybody next week. I love you all so much. That's the but truth. Who do you like the best? Uh, that I, you know who you are, <laughs> single listener who I secretly love the best. So remind me to talk to you about why it's hard to be an introverted person who has to expend a lot of energy on assholes because they're assholes. Yes. Was and then I don't have energy left for myself and the people that I actually care about. Well, okay. You Let's have, have to that take, discussion. You have to take care of yourself. It's like putting on your own uh, air, right. air mask. And sometimes taking my care, care of myself is not opening my heart to some fucking prick. Yeah, that's yeah okay. I think I that, the, that the goal is to uh, deal with assholes at, with the minimum of energy loss, you know? It's super complicated, yeah, and absolutely. it's like case by case, and it's there's not yeah. just a way of being. Yeah, it's um, true. Uh, save that topic. We will bring okay. it up again. 
Okay. Okay, goodbye everybody. Have a good All rest right. of the auf day. Auf Wiedersehen. Tschüss. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the top of the hour and you're listening to the Smodcast Morning Show on the Smodcast Internet Radio Networks. It's three minutes early, actually. But, yeah, but well, I'm, I'm cold and tired. Who's counting? <laughs> no, we we do have to end early today, um, just because I have some business. Um, Ooh, good business? No, no, oh. nothing good. Uh, did you watch uh, the Ronda? Do you know who Ronda Rousey is? There, I know. I've had discussions about her, but I don't think I know who she is. Uh, or people a, have talked about. She's her. an MMA. Oh yes, person. yes, yes. That's why I knew it. Yeah, she finished the fight in 14 seconds. It, it was she finished her last three fights in under a phenomenal. minute. Phenomenal. Uh, but because of the, all I could find online was um, interviews with her afterwards because they're, they're really tight to tight, the, yeah, the yeah. material because it's it's pay per view. Uh, so I didn't actually get to see the fight. She is a monster. Yeah, she's a, she's apparently she's they're basically touting her as being the best in her sport. The be, like she she is the ultimate athlete because she is the best in her sport. She's yeah. untouchable. I mean and and she's like mentally a monster. Mm-hmm. She's physically a monster. She is just a machine. Like uh someone asked her like um so how do you plan, you know, when you uh what is your plan for the second round, you know, when you're in a uh about and she said I don't know, I've never been in a second round. <laughs> And I think in all her fights, she's been in, made it to the second round like once or twice. You know? Yeah. And, and they all end the same way. She arm bars these guys, these women. And it just looks like the most painful thing. If you look at this, like this one, 14 seconds in, like 12 seconds in, she's like about to snap this woman's uh, elbow right off. Mm-hmm. So she has to tap out. Yeah. But then she was saying that when, you know, she used to be, a, uh, she was an Olympian uh, she, in judo. And there was one time she was competing, and this woman had her in an arm bar, and her arm, her elbow got dislocated. And then, so she, and I guess you're not allowed to take a medical break in judo. Mm. And so she popped it back in, and then was trying to get out of this arm bar, and then it popped out again. And then she popped wow. it back in, um, and then ended up winning. The bout. <laughs> so is, that's, that is that hardcore. is a mental fortitude that I just don't understand. Like you know what? I love her. If I get a hangnail, I'm like, yeah. It's uh, if you can if you can find the video, it is like this woman, and then also the post. She's so focused, so focused. Which it, I, it is, I think Kurt Vonnegut has a great quote. Um, he says, "Look at." Um, to, to succeed in anything, it requires focus. Just ask a professional athlete. Yeah. Um. But even hearing in her in her interviews, she she's just got a, a a machine of a mind about how how to handle any situation and 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 stay on top of it and stay stay super flexible and ready and and focused and present. Yeah. And, it's, and just dominate as a result. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I don't know how I feel about MMA. Do you? You don't. You're not an MMA. I've watched one. I've watched one series about like one pay per view event with two friends who are really into the sport, and I, I I enjoyed their enthusiasm for sure and their depth of knowledge. Um, there was it was a Brock Lesnar fight, and I think that the, the details of why he won and, and sort of understanding grappling versus. There's there's a few different things. Yeah, you can, there's you can, jiu-jitsu, you can focus, grappling, focus on. Yeah. boxing, and that that was that was interesting. But the, honestly, the sheer brutality of it, and the and the blood and guts aspect of it, and it just it, it was super gladiatorial. And I was talking earlier about having outlets for for that kind of aggression. It didn't it didn't 
appeal to me. It didn't. It, it yeah. made it made me feel gross. I didn't. I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, certainly there are fights where I'm just like, why am I watching this? But it, you know, people do get injured less. Or at least like mentally, that shocks me. Then, then in boxing, oh, having their brains, having their brains yeah, knocked around. Yeah, 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 so yeah. like, I'd rather have the my uh, my elbow them. dislocated than a concussion. Yeah. You know? Speaking of which, I actually, I mean, it's the it's the cheesy thing to do to be the guy who only watches the one big market fight. Like, if you really care, you should follow the the sport. But I am curious about um, Pacquiao Mayweather. Oh yeah, just because it's it's such a big ticket item. Yeah, and it. You know, legacies on the line. I know everyone's saying this is the fight that would have mattered five years ago, and now it's just a cash grab. But you know, for Mayweather to say he's the best in the world and to avoid someone who can exploit his weaknesses, I don't know. Oh, I think I think it's interesting. It it's just a little scary, just how many tens of millions of dollars each of them are going to be make off this thing. Yes. And did you see that? Apparently, we went down. Anyway. We need to keep going regardless because I'm sure Marty remembered to press record. But yeah, uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, huh. Just passing it along. Yeah, because um, it, it's tens of millions of dollars that these guys are making. Yes, and um, I for that and like ninety nine dollars uh, per you know pay per view. Pay per view. Yeah, that's a shitload of money. That's a lot of money. I would like. To have that much money, that would be great. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we can do a. Nah, never mind. No, go, go on. No, no. Yeah, we'll do a pay per view thing of yeah. just <laughs> of us scrambling to try to get back online because we don't know what happened. Yeah. Um, but I do have. What was the last boxing match you watched? Uh that's a great question. Um, ah, there was one I was excited about, but I knew. Um, the, uh, I was going to see it at ESPN Zone down here at LA Live, and they were so packed. They said there was no no chance of of getting to see it, and that was maybe six years ago. It was the last time I was even interested in, in catching a fight. I don't even remember what it was. I don't I don't know boxing well. I like watching the old boxing documentaries because I don't know the sport well. So I like having my hand held a little bit. Uh, when we were kings, for example, mm-hmm. and there was one there was one. It was actually really sad. It was it was it interviewed everybody who fought Ali basically. Uh huh. And three quarters of them, you know, had motor difficulties and speech impediments, and it was just, it was just brutal to see you chose this career that just completely wasted your mind or your body, anyway. Yeah, but you know, like with a lot of football players, it's all they know, you know. Yeah. And it's what they train their lives to do, and they don't know. I mean, not yeah. that they couldn't do anything else, but it's just. It's just like it's like religion for them. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's what you know, and it's what you've invested in, and it's what you want. Um, I forget who I was talking to recently, but they said they're, they're they just can't. They're over. The, they're over the NFL, and they've been fans for years, but they're just kind of over it because of that. You know, just body dump uh, at, the, at the end of people's careers. You know. Yeah. Junior Seau, I think, was the was the, the killer for him because he was a Bolts fan, Chargers fan. Are they called the bolts? Uh, you call you say bolt up when you're going to go. Yeah, you, you can call them the bolts. Yeah. Oh, I kind of like that. that. I yeah. started liking them more when I heard that. Yeah, because 
Because their, their logo is, a, for, for our English listeners, their logo is basically like a lightning bolt, like a, well, not a, a charge of electricity. I thought it was because they were big fans of the John Travolta-voiced animated film, Bolt. <laughs> also a possibility. There might be some cross-marketing going on there. Um, and, and not just with the NFL. It's not just the, the concussions and the, and the way the NFL has lied about it and covered it up and not compensated. But it's also the, just the thuggery. Yeah, you know the amount of criminals who are. Well, that's kind of why I don't want a, a football team here in L.A. Mm. Don't, don't need it. We got we got a high enough crime rate. Yeah, and we have enough hooligans. You know, but all that talk about giving people second chances and stuff with your Michael Vicks and your Ray Rice's beating their wives, killing dogs, and then they have a second chance to go on to this multi-million dollar career. I just I wonder how much. It, it reminds me of the end of the player, where it's like, are you reformed or did you just fucking get away with it? I think. Michael Vick going to prison and coming out and speaking out against dog fighting. Yes. I, I, I think he has paid his debt to society. Ray Rice, unrepentant, unpunished, fuck yeah. him. Yeah. 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 Case by case. Yeah. Pay, you pay, paying your debt to society is, is a good thing. I just don't know if that changes, if there's anything to be done about somebody's moral core. Like, is he, I, I think he's jumping through hoops so that he can get another... Ten million dollars. Based don't on what gives a shit about dogs? <laughs> Based on what? Based on the fact that I don't think people are wonderful. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> you don't think people can repent? And I and... think they can. I think they can. I think it's unlikely in with multi-million dollar athletes. <laughs> well, that's very cynical. I hope that he's uh, he's cuddling some puppies now and thinking puppy thoughts about them. So, Bill. How's your probably cuddling some whores and thinking cocaine thoughts about them? <laughs> hey, we're back. Uh, thank you, Will Wilkins. We love you. Um, nice job, boss. Whatever you did. Yeah, working is magic. It's a world I, I I'll never understand. Yeah. Uh, so okay, how's your dating life going? Oh, I don't want to talk about that. Well, you know, because uh, have you ever, you've never tried internet dating? Have you? No, I've never tried internet dating. Uh, well, I'll tell you. It's interesting. I've never been in a time in my life when I was looking, seeking, like wanting, you know, I've been, I've been lonely and I've been thinking, oh, it'd be nice to be, but I've never had that sort of, I'm going on dates, I'm dating to find someone mm-hmm. mentality. I've never had it. But when I've been in relationships in my life, it's because I became attracted to or interested in somebody I already knew or had, had, had met and, and, and befriended. And right. a lot of times it was someone I wasn't even attracted to initially. It just became so. Uh, overspending time with them. So I, and that's been, I guess it's been a luxury. I, I haven't, I mean, I spent a lot of my time not in relationships. I'm not a serial monogamist mm-hmm. or anything. Um, and this is the first time in my life when I've actually recognized I'm, I'm actually lonely. I'm less alone than I've been at other times in my life, but I'm, I'm more lonely than I've ever been. So I'm wondering, is that an age thing? Is it, is it still a reaction to, to some heartbreak? Um, so I don't know. I don't, I, do I do I start online dating? I really don't want to. I think it plays There's to no, the. I think it plays to the worst aspects of dating, which is judging someone by their appearance right out of the gate and interviewing people as though you're hiring them for a job, as opposed to just being present with them and. You well, know, I think that um, seeing them for who they are. Online dating. Well, everybody when you meet somebody, you judge them by their appearance. You know, whether it's a. A romantic relationship or or just in day to day you just you just look at somebody and you judge them and that is probably it's probably a good thing to be with someone that you're find you find physically attractive yes but i will i have noticed more than once 
the more I talk to somebody, as I'm getting to know somebody, not in the context of are we going to date or not, are we going to sleep together or not, but just talking to them at a party, meeting them at a party at an event, they become more attractive to me as we talk and laugh well, and get to know each other. You deny that opportunity if you're just swiping by photos. No, what you create because you're saying no before you've had that chance sure, to connect. But and that's find, fine and, but, and find out so a more organic attraction. But it's a different approach. So, but then if you go in to the the physical the face to face meeting with that person uh, with without any expectation, then you can have that same experience of getting to know them. You can, but you've you've already swiped past. That's hundreds fine. of people who but might that, have you might that, have but, had that but that's, with. that is just one way of going through you know it, you can't have that depth that you're looking for in with an application like tinder it's right. just, you know so but you know you keep your mind open and you you you're just flicking through fuckable not fuckable fuckable <laughs> not fuckable <laughs> that's and, just awful somebody no. was telling me about it's awful to me it's not who i am and i don't want to do it so uh, somebody was telling me about a dating site that only Actually, lets you take think... a photo. Only lets you take a photo of you right now. Like you have to take a photo of yourself as you are right now. Yeah, you can't. You can't like post your best. But judging self. someone by fuckable is not fuckable. I don't think is is a is a terrible thing. I think it's it's uh, that's how we talk to people. You know, that's yes. Yeah, so I just I just again. And, and my, I, my point is that there are people who become fuckable because you want to fuck them because of other reasons other than their. Well, my your initial reaction to physical my appearance, threshold, and those people are eliminated from your but my threshold pool by uh, this by these apps. My threshold to fuckable, not fuckable, is incredibly low. <laughs> and then uh, at least, and then when you meet them, then they be, a lot of the times they become immediately unfuckable when they when you first talk to them. Right, right. So, also, I just don't like I don't like starting out from that mindset. Well, fuckable uh, or unfuckable, I, I like starting out from the mindset of. Who is this person? What do they have to say? But you don't. Well, you don't have that opportunity. But you, it, it's just it's just reordering how you how you go about meeting somebody. Yeah, but I, I just think I think I you should open. I think you should open your mind. Great, and because uh, you you can't, and also not look at it as like, oh, this is how I'm going to find uh, a long term lover. It's just like, well, this is one way that you could meet somebody. Yeah, it just it 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 isn't me. It doesn't suit me. It, I don't. I it don't. Does, I don't think it suits anybody, you know. And um, well, and, I, I don't. I don't. And it's also a way to expand outside of your social group too. Sure, sure. And but that, I just think I think it encourages a kind of thinking that I'm already wary of and trying to moderate, which is which is that like sex first. No, no, that's one, not what I'm saying. Sex first. I'm saying that you you all you have to judge is just you're not thinking about sex you're just thinking about do i want to is this somebody visually i could i could spend time with you know that's what i mean by fuckable not fuckable yeah i just don't i don't know but that, well, I, I, like i would see, see you see someone's face and you're like oh that's a really pretty face i wonder if she is a fat ass as opposed no, 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 to no, 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 being no. at a party but, and someone's like oh hey bill this is my friend julie and you're like oh julie what do you do and we're just no, like, but and you're like, i didn't wow, say this this woman is engaging and interesting and i would like to get to know no, her better but, you know and I'm not thinking about I is she hot and does she have a no fat no no ass? that's not what I said though that <laughs> I know that's not what you said I'm saying this is but this I'm is saying what I you, think it would do for me in a bad way oh but I don't think because knowing you I don't think you would be like that I think you would be but I think I would and I think it encourages that because I think that's in all of us and I think it it throws gasoline on that flame and I don't want to do that well, I didn't know you were so shallow. I don't want to be. That's why no, I'm not no, doing you're, it. You're saying that you are. That I'm saying I'm capable of it, and that this is a push in the wrong direction. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. Well, you know, Tinder just released a. Uh, they're about to release, I think, a premium 
version of their application. So you can unswipe somebody. So you could you could swipe, 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 and then oh, like you know what? Reconsider. I'm, I'm I'm being petty. I'm being shallow. I'm being the person I did. I swore I wouldn't be. Unswipe. So so you can do that. I I just I don't like what it feels like it would encourage in me. It's, I don't like what's already in me that I feel called, like it would encourage. It's called Tinder Plus. And uh, if you're under 28, you, these extra functions, they cost you uh, four pounds a month, you know, in, in the UK. Um, Why if you're under 28? Oh, because if you're over 28, it costs you 15 pounds a month. That is so fucking ageist. Isn't that amazing? Oh, that is so ageist. Fuck Tinder. Fuck Tinder. Even God though that's how I met my girlfriend. But um, yeah. It's, so now that I'm sexually awakened and experienced and can blow some woman's mind, now I'm being charged more, and all these twenty year olds don't know what the fuck they're doing, just crashing their bodies together, get away from four pounds. <laughs> fuck you, Tinder. Yeah, I mean you could still use a free version, and I suggest everybody do that. And fuck Tinder for yeah, don't don't pay for it. It's interesting because I have been thinking about expanding my my social circle because while while I do have wonderful people in my life and and great friends. I do feel very isolated and I don't feel a part of any sort of community and there isn't any one group of people or even any one person who actually knows what's going on in my life right now. Cause I'm just, I'm just very isolated. So I've been thinking about expanding my social circle, but I, that's just not how I want to go about it. You know what? However you do it, it's going to be there's going to be a level of artificiality behind yes. it. If you go to bars, right. if you do meetups, if you go take a class, right? You know, with the intention of meeting people. And so that's why I think that you're you're way overthinking it. And I think you should Possibly. just you know, so I just know how shallow I'm capable of being and I don't want to encourage that. Yeah, so do all the listeners, you know. <laughs> um, uh let's see. Darren posted a thing saying uh, re Reduce, reuse, recycle, and the new fourth R, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. Uh, That'd be fourth and fifth R's, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. There you go. Uh, they, we had a, 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 an assembly in elementary school, and it was reduce, reuse, recover, and recycle. So it worked. Yeah, like those, those songs Which worked. is the recover part? Um, I think that's the same thing as reuse, you know. No, no recover, I guess. It's like maybe repurposing, you know. Um. I have no idea. I didn't pay attention to or the rest recover of recover because you're starving because you reduced uh, so much. I I didn't pay attention you to reused food. I that didn't went pay off. attention to the rest of the assembly, so I don't know. What. Oh, so it worked. Yeah, totally. Um, so uh, give us a little update on your movie. How's it going? We are supposed to have our full funding in the bank in the Dave made an LLC bank account within two weeks. Wow, um, that's three exciting. weeks from then we can begin our build. We need three weeks to get uh, contracts and insurance forms and all this other stuff together. So, and um, a month after the build, we can start shooting. So, a month after shooting, the build, yeah, it's a month long build because we're building the entire world of the labyrinth mm -hmm. from scratch, mm -hmm. and it's all practical effects. So we're not doing, you know, we're, we're building miniatures and we're building hallways and we're building all this stuff. Um, so the soonest we'd be rolling cameras is April twentieth. Um, which causes some panic, but um, that's as soon as we'd be rolling cameras. Uh, we've got to figure a lot of things out. Our producer has a tight schedule with another film. He has to leave the the state for um, April. Mid April is when they're shooting a lot of pilots, so a lot of our confirmed actors may not be available to us, and we may be scrambling to get talent. Um, we also have a few meetings with production companies that have promised some support, and if their support can't come then, but can come in June, July, 
August, then there's no reason to rush the movie if we can make a better, more more supported movie. How long is the, the, the shoot? 20 shoot days for principal photography. Days. That doesn't include stop motion, uh, cut paper animated credit sequence, and a shot that I haven't told the producer about that I have to have. Ah, that you have to. I have to have. Uh, very good. Um, it's an homage to my current uh, obsession of Buckaroo Banzai. That, why is that your current obsession? I'm reading the novelization, and it's awesome. It's that awesome. came after? I think so. I can't quite figure it out, because on the front, it says, now a major motion picture, which makes you think it came first. And on the back, it's like it says something like a novelization of the film. Because that, that so, was a thing back in the yeah. 70s and 80s. There was novelizations of, of Absolutely. movies. But this it's is so written crazy. by the screenplay. Like, this is written by the guy who wrote the screenplay. Uh, and it expands on the world that he that they put in the movie, and it also has a lot of stuff that they wanted to put in the movie but couldn't. And there's a lot of stuff in the movie that they casually reference that they go into detail. Should we call you John here. Watterson from now on? <laughs> sure. Um, and it's awesome. It's extremely well written, and it's hilarious. Uh, and it's better than the movie, frankly. I love the movie. I loved having watched the movie. I went back and saw the movie recently. There are a lot of things about it that that haven't held up. But there's one. Really, I can't imagine. There's <laughs> Jeff Goldblum's cowboy fashion he's did not hold great. up. That oh, he's great. He's fantastic in that movie. Yeah, yeah he is. There's great. just some. There's some really expository, lengthy sequences and some. What made you seek out that, the novel? Uh, the, I didn't. Saying, I didn't seek it out. The, the I didn't novelization. Seek it out. I, I went say. to the last bookstore downtown, which is one of the last bookstores. Uh, it's a, if you're in LA and if you're downtown at all, it's absolutely worth a visit. Um, it's a beautiful space, and they have an entire second floor that goes on for days of dollar one dollar books. Uh, they it, really well curated. They also have a graphic novel, comic book section now. They do some live performances. Um, it's cool. It's really cool. Um, but uh, just sitting on the shelf for like two dollars, I just saw it. I, I actually went in because I had to kill time. That I think is to meet somebody. Crazy. So I sat on a couch and looked up, and there was a two dollar Buckaroo Banzai novel. Two dollars? I would have paid a quarter. Yeah. That is ridiculous. It's so good. It's so good. I'm I'm, I'm constantly laughing. It's really well written. Um, and you've been reading it for six months now, trying to get through it. No, it's not. It's not about trying to get through it. It's about I read at night and fall asleep. And, <laughs> but, and so you're going to pay homage to the book? No, or there's the movie? A, there's a scene in the film that I watch on YouTube probably four or five times a week, and it oh makes me so happy. Oh my god! And, it, and it's so it's very relevant to the story that we're we're telling, um, and and I think it's something that the frankly I think it's something that the audience would need at the end of our movie, um, emotionally. Honestly, I think I think it would it would make the film emotionally incredibly satisfying, um, but it's a complicated it's a complicated shot um, that involves the entire cast. So, and uh, have you cast the whole thing then? No. Uh, we're hoping we're hoping for some big names actually for the two leads, the male and female lead, and we actually have a shot at that. Um, that our, is awesome. Our financier is reaching out about packaging at some major um, agencies, and and we've got a few other leads when it comes to top dogs that would be willing to read the script and perhaps bring some of their friends along. Well, uh, please keep us in my uh, in the loop of, as to what's going on. I will, All and right. actually, career wise, it's been great because I've I've had a lot of. I've been able to pitch my pilot to several major networks over the last um, couple, couple weeks. Bruno, shut up. Um, they're playing. Um, <laughs> good. Awesome. And we'll keep us up to date on that. And uh, let's see. <laughs> there they go. Oh, my God. They're, they're going crazy. I think they want you to dip your, your hands into the mail sack. 
I know. We gotta we gotta zip through this stuff. Um, We're gonna dip into the mail sack. Mail sack, mail sack. Come on, get my hands in that mail sack. Uh, yeah, that was great. Um, what what is today? What was what was last week's date? This is uh, this speaking is, of unprofessional. The third, three three fifteen. Um, okay, so here's uh, the first one's from Matt Coker. He says, "Keep up the mediocre work. It's still better than a lot of shit out there." I heard your mail sack was empty one week, so I thought I'd uh, you'd like to hear from your listeners. Absolutely, that's at uh, noonerpodcast at gmail dot com. And I don't live in my mom's basement. Uh, we don't have them here in Houston. Uh, and I probably sound like Marty's impression. Um, and Giselle is pretty funny. Would you rather be boring or make yourself look desperate, trying too hard to be witty or funny? Ooh, I'd rather be boring. I think I'm a little of both. Uh, why would you rather be boring? Um, because desperate is the ugliest thing that humans can do it's so it's unattractive it's repulsive it's unnecessary um desperate is just i'd rather be anything but desperate honestly really? yeah i mean it's, it's unappealing it's unproductive it's unappealing but what it's, if it gets you what you want what you need to it never will why not because you gotta have this is a giselle moment here mm. but you gotta have that self-love to know you don't have to do that you don't have to scramble for somebody's opinion of you. You don't have to scramble for somebody's attention or, or approval or, you know, to get a, to get a thumbs up or, or a high five. It's, just, it's gross. Mm-hmm. It's, you don't need it. And if you're, that's the place you're coming from, you're, nothing good is going to come from it. I guess I've been doing it wrong. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll be boring. No, that's a good question. I, oh, you can be whatever you want. I'm just saying what I'm, I'm, I'm No, no, I want to I want to do it the right way. I want to do it the bill way. Shamar just cuz I'm reading the four agreements doesn't mean <laughs> Was one of the agreements be like, don't be a desperate pussy? Kind of. Uh what what It's about it's a, it's about the whole idea of not taking anything personally. I think and again, I wish Giselle was here for this, but the idea of not taking any taking anything personally dives into other people's opinions of you, you don't matter. Mm. They just don't matter. Whatever, whatever anyone else says about you, you can't take it personally. It doesn't mean anything and you don't need it. Okay. And it's that, that only is true if you're coming from a place of, of self-love. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because I think a lot of New Age people embrace this idea of self-love and it very quickly turns... <laughs> It very quickly turns <laughs> Jesus. It very quickly turns into ego. Uh, it okay. very quickly turns into ego, which is just as ugly as desperation. Oh my god, these dogs. They're really going for it. I know. They're trying to impress the listeners. Shamar from our one Jamaican listener says, Lost my virginity at nineteen to uh nineteen as well 19. as Bill. Wait. Did I did not lose my virginity at nineteen, although that was the average age of the Vietnam vet. No, 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 19. No, 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 19. No, 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 19. And he said, high five. Maybe it was Steve? No, who lost their virginity at 19? Um, but anyhow. I did not lose my virginity at 19. Shamar. Not by a long shot. Way to shove it, rub, like, rub it in Bill's nose. That yeah, he, thanks yeah. a lot. I needed that. Yep. I needed to be reminded that I didn't have sex until. He was desperate. None of your business. He was desperate at 19. <laughs> you know, interestingly, I wasn't. It's funny. It's, I am living, I am, I'm going through now 
in terms of what I'm feeling and and what I'm t- what I'm doing in many ways, what everybody was going, all the guys I knew were going through in college, mm. in terms of uh, sort of well, I don't mean to overshare, but sort of lustful feeling. Like I, I had no sexual awakening in college. I didn't give a shit. I wasn't worried about it. I wasn't thinking about it. And in terms of you know drinking in bars and getting high and playing video games, it's like that's <laughs> what everyone was doing in college, and I I. Was had no attachment to or connection to or did not want to do and didn't feel any pressure to be a part of is sort of now how I'm living my life. It's very weird. <laughs> and I have, a colle- I have a collegiate schedule because of, you know, right. the acting, freelancing lifestyle. So you're just a late bloomer, is all. Sure. Uh, Zach from Pittsburgh. Uh, boat gas. Boat gas. Yeah, whatever. Ian's getting boat gas. Uh, he writes in and says, Marty, how do you like your Sears all? You don't know what a Sears all is. I don't is, know what do a Sears all is. The Sears all is a, it's, it looks like a shower head that you attach to a butane torch that you use in, in the kitchen. And uh, Oh, was, for searing things. For searing. But it's a, it's a, it's a new invention. It was created by uh, Dave Arnold in, in New York. Um, and he, uh, he, he did a Kickstarter and uh, I got one. And this is what Zach says. He, he says, I find mine to produce really good steaks, but. Uh, iffy, it's iffy on roast chicken. The, the skin burns too easily. This is crazy. This um, podcast just took a turn. Uh, it makes a great grilled cheese sandwich, but seems like overkill. Uh, and he says, have you listened to Dave Arnold's podcast, Cooking Issues? Uh, I think it's great, even if most of the stuff is um, he talks about is way beyond my ability. Uh, I should say you should have him on the show, but I'm sure it, I'm not sure if it would actually work out. As always, thanks for the content, Zach from Pittsburgh. couple things. Cooking Ian's. issues, cooking issues broadcasts out of uh, Bushwick, Brooklyn, at the same time we do this show. Huh. So we could not actually. I see. We, we live in. He's Earth Two. We're Earth One. You know, so we can't. Fuck the East Coast. Um, yes, fuck the East Coast. It's a great show. I do listen to it. Um, I'm a couple episodes behind, but I've. You know, I've. Uh, he answers every question. Uh, Zach, if you listened to it, you probably heard uh, a few letters that I emailed him. Ah, oh, look at yeah. you. Yeah, uh, and very, very nerdy. Mail sacking someone else. The Sears all is awesome. I did. Uh, I sous vided some <laughs> salmon last night uh, at 121 degrees, and uh, actually Giselle was here and eating it, and I and I finished the skin with uh, the Sears all, and she said it was well, a spectacular meal. So oh, you'll well have then. to take my word for it. So, I actually downloaded podcasts and drove around listening to them what yeah i'm trying which one trying uh well i downloaded three i've only listened to one so far classic rock um relived with the band freakonomics Uh uh-huh it's a great uh uh hardcore history i don't know that one um it's apparently it's very dense i haven't it's two and a half hours long i haven't i haven't listened to it yet um, but it, this one in particular is, is uh, the episode I downloaded is about, um, well, I don't know because I haven't listened to it, but I, I, I imagine uh, uh, from the description, it's sort of about dealing with the uh, America dealing with its legacy at the turn of the century of you know, the land of possibility versus now how do we actually become an identity and, and deal with that identity. Heavy. Very heavy stuff. But the one that I've been listening to in short salvos, which I've been really enjoying, is 99% Invisible. Do you know it? I've heard of it. I don't know anything. It's strong. It, t- it takes small subjects, goes into them pretty deeply and cleverly. It's very well produced in terms of sound bites, music beds, um, uh, old, old footage. You know, old, oh, neat. Old. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very strong. The one I was listening to on the way over was about 
it starts with the kids' videos, uh, the videos of babies who can work an iPhone. They're like, oh, my baby's so smart. They're like, no, actually, iPhones are just really fucking easy to use. Yeah, yeah. it was designed <laughs> yeah. for a two-year-old yeah. to navigate through. It, it goes into that whole idea of Steve Jobs versus this guy in the 60s who thought, who invented the mouse, who thought computers could be far more challenging. And the whole idea of, do you want a tricycle or a bicycle? If you have a tricycle, anyone can ride. You just watch someone ride a tricycle and you can do it immediately. But if you learn to ride a bicycle and shift gears and deal with the balance, you can go up hills and go a lot further a lot faster. Right. It was really interesting. Fun stuff like that. That's 99% really cool. invisible, I do, I do recommend. And look at me downloading podcasts yeah. onto my phone. You should do Radiolab. Figuring out the interface in my car so that You're I can drive around listening to them. Radiolab and Planet Money are, are two essentials. Very happy with myself. What's uh, Planet Money? Uh, it's just a economics podcast. I, that's, I'm not good at that. But for economics, you, if you have that. It's like it's economics for the layperson, and it's okay. incredibly well done. It's done by the the uh, This American Life people. It's you know, it's an sort of an offshoot of that. I catch um, Radio Lab on uh, NPR often enough that I, I don't feel like I need more. But. Right. Um, the next one is from Carrie Lynn, and this is a, a heavy one. She says uh, it was four. I, I was four episodes behind my on my beloved Tuesday morning show. Thank you, Carrie Lynn, and just got caught up. This is in response to the February 17th show, like I remember what happened then. Uh, and I'd like to get in I think in I wasn't some of... there. No, no, you were here. Oh, damn. I'd like to get in on some of that uh, erasing shitheads from your, mem- your memory therapy. Uh, that's oh, the thing right. That Steve, Steve was talking about. Um, at least yeah. that's what I think it was called. That's exactly what it was called. I haven't done um, that yet, but I do think about it every day. Uh, yeah, my girlfriend tried it. And, yeah. Uh, it didn't work for her. Was but... she trying to get rid-, rid of you? Um, trying to get over something you said to her yeah because i was trying to figure was, out how to, how to how to leave you she I just was, can't quit you marty i was there the whole time i was like it's not working is it it's not working is it i'm still here i'm still here I'm still here hey you feel that feel that poke? you don't have the guts that's me that's you me. Don't do you here i am <laughs> um it's been two years since the breakup of my 10-year relationship and while i'm doing much much better i still don't go a day without thinking about it mm. sometimes the memories are good sometimes angry sad etc uh, but I'd rather just not think of it at all. Amen. I, well, this yeah. this letting the dogs out thing is not working to our I advantage. S- yeah, I know. I still feel I've not moved on, and I hate it. Any suggestions, or should I just stop, uh, start saving up for spotless mind therapy? Uh, thanks much. Looking forward to listening live again this week. Love to you all. Hugs to Bill. Kisses to the lovely Giselle. And, of course, to Steve's balls as well. Aww. Oh, we were talking about balls and Steve, Steve wasn't here. Then. What Steve, a disappointing. Steve will appreciate that. Um, um, I, I, you're preaching to the choir. Um, I st- every meal I cook, I just hear this person's voice telling me how I'm not a good enough everything. <laughs> My pots and pans aren't good enough. My food isn't good enough. My clothes aren't good enough. Um and it's maddening, and, and it's on me. It's really on me. I mean, you can say shame on the other person for making you feel that way or for, or for saying poisonous things to you, but it's, it's on us to, to not carry that around. We have that choice. Um, I, I am not doing that as successfully as I would like, but I can certainly give you some examples of things that have given me comfort. Um, and there are things we've talked about on, on, on the show before, um, and two of them are... Honestly, they're new age self help books, which are just ridiculous. But and you take it, you take what you like, and you leave the rest. Like there's stuff in there that's going to make you roll your eyes, but you highlight that one passage, and you're like, "God damn, that makes sense." And I needed to hear that. And it's it's the four agreements and and the untethered soul. They have they have been a comfort, for, a great source of comfort for me. And when I was 
kind of spiraling a little bit in the last two weeks, I went back to one of them and started rereading them. And I was like, oh, yeah, I don't have to feel that way. I can feel good about this. I don't have to take that personally. I don't have to carry this shit around. Yeah. I don't know. It's been, it's been, I mean, I, it's, it's hard to find the thing that works. Yeah. That has been something that has helped me heal. So, of course, I'll pass it along to you. But, um, two years in a 10 year relationship, and I don't know how old you are, Carrie, but I imagine that that was during a really formative time of you as an adult. I'm guessing that. Um, and 10 years is a really long time to be with somebody. And, I don't think you can, and, and that, that's the time that you formed yourself as a human being and you were with another human being. And I don't know if you can necessarily extricate that, uh, that other human being from that time. And so you kind of need to, um, I mean, it take, and, and actually, you know, to be honest, two years is not a long time to get over a 10 year relationship. Right. And so that's a should, lot of habit. That's a lot of connection. That's a yeah. lot of. So, structure that is just gone. And if you did remove those 10 years with that person from you, that's a, a giant, from your memory, that's a giant part of your adulthood. And I think at a certain point, you'll embrace it and you'll continue to have those uh, good memories and bad memories. But mm-hmm. you'll also, and there'll be something bittersweet about it, but you'll also be happy in, in how what your the way your life is in the present. And I think that's the important thing is... You know, a pre- moving forward and and not beating yourself up over the past. That's what I was going to say. The biggest part is is do your best. Do your best, and your best won't always be awesome. But if you're always trying to do your best, then you know, even on a rough day, you can't you can't judge yourself or fault yourself for stumbling because everybody stumbles. But if you're if you're doing your best on that day, God yep. bless you. You know. Yep. So uh, anyhow, I, I know it's still hard and. Um, but good luck and, uh, yeah. Thank you for, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, that's yeah. not, that's not I mean, an easy thing to admit. It's not a fun thing to admit. No. Um, um, but for God's sake, you're not alone. Yeah. Yeah. But you're I think, not alone in that. And I think you just, you look back at those as those are the years that made you who you are today. And that's, and you should be appreciative of those years because right. of that. And, and to be super twee about it, if you're living in the past, you're depressed. If you're living in the future, you're anxious. If you're living in the now, you're happy. Uh, yeah. I love that. Uh, so wait, who said this? Um, oh, Lou said, every time Bill Tweeterson says, fuck the East Coast, a little part of me feels sad. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a subtext that says parentheses, not you, Lou. So just keep, oh, I, no, just I keep got, that in mind. I got that. I got that. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I've worked on my performance of that over 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 the years. Yeah, so that's... Make sure that that subtext... And that's on you, Layered for, in. That's yeah. on, for not getting that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you're taking that personally, that's yeah. on you. Yeah, because clearly he's saying, not you, Lou. Right. Yeah. Um, but do your best not to take it personally. <laughs> but still, it's totally your fault that you take it personally. Chris Miller writes and says, good morning, Merps. It's Chris Miller from San Diego, also yes. listening live. Bolt up. A few things. I saw Bill's commercial a few weeks ago and excitedly tweeted hey him about it. Ching. And what's it for again? Uh, Net 10 Wireless. Net 10 Wireless. Now it's become a habit wherein I yell, Bill, every time I see it. My family and friends now loathe the commercial. <laughs> Yay. Excellent. Um, congrats again um, Thank you. That was a to fun the one. hard-traveling hero, and I hope you're feeling nice. better, sending positive thoughts your way. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it was really fun watching the Cavs beat the Golden State Warriors and have that ad running at every... Oh, that's very cool. I'm, I'm winning everything tonight. See, that's that's where you go to a bar and be like, 
I went, hey, that's me. <laughs> and then you'll meet new people. Then right. you expand your social that's, circle. That's, uh, that's actor Tinder. Yeah. Um, and then he says, uh, congrats to you, Marty, on getting a job at Schmoogle. They hire only the best. No. Schmeagle. Uh, and that it, it's a testament to your skill. Hope you are enjoying yourself there and eat all the food and erase all records of your search history. They <laughs> feed the pocket and the soul. Well, it certainly feeds the pocket. And that's a nice thing. Yeah. Um, it's it's weird because you know I work with a group in Northern California, and I'm the only one at the office there. So like nobody, I don't interact with anybody. Oh, so, weird. Yeah. So it's sort of like, you know, I'm in my little cubicle and it's kind of empty there. And then I just sh- sh- do my work and then I shuffle off and get my free lunch and huh. then I shuffle back and then, and uh, yeah, it's it's very it's very um, I don't know. I'm sure that there's a, there's a Sartre short story that, that yes. parallels this but um <laughs> that was once made into a short film by orson wells yeah yeah uh but it you know i'm very grateful and it's it's pretty cool um uh, the listening audience would love to know that i had a lovely evening with our very own emily o'hara last night what yep we we i brought her in on a table read for um i, I believe this is public knowledge i'll be very careful about details but uh the Go-Go's are doing a musical. Well, yeah, it is public knowledge because it's, it's playing at Oregon Shakespeare Festival. The Go-Go's are doing a, a musical comedy based on their music and it's, it incorporates... Uh, a jukebox musical. Yeah, yeah, kind of. But it's set, it's set back in the day, like in the 1500s. And it's very funny. It's very silly. It's very playful. And she was perfect for one of the roles. So we did the table read together and then got to catch up over pizza afterwards. And she says hello to everybody and very much misses being on the air with us. Well, she, it's an open door policy, as we found out yesterday. Anybody off the street can just walk in and <laughs> grab a mic. Um, that was so fun having him here. Yeah, Peter W. You thank you so much. Um, Highly encourage other people to. No, 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 no. Walk in no, on no, Marty's no, no, no. operation. Nobody, that nobody was else fun. was invited. It was a one, one time thing. That was Nobody's fun. ever coming back again. Uh, lastly, since I'm sure, Mr. This tweet is, me, I'll tweet you Marty's this is, address. This is Chris Miller's uh, thing. Lastly, I'm sure Mr. Nimoy's passing is sure to be a topic for conversation. I thought I'd share my brief inter- interaction with him. I was at Comic Con in 2009. He lives in San Diego. Yeah, uh, there were crowds of people in desperate need of showers. Oh, geez, that's that's one <laughs> of the reasons I don't want to go there. Uh, others in need of manners. Another reason I don't want to go. Uh, and the the day overall was going downhill from out of nowhere. A man bellowed, Mr. Nimoy will be signing in 15 minutes. I turned around and found myself within five feet of Mr. Nimoy. I was awestruck and frozen in place. I mean, come on, it's Spock. Yes, it is. He saw me, and as if he sensed my paralysis, he smiled warmly and waved at me. It took only moments, but it will be with me forever. He will be missed. That is, first of all, Chris, you're an excellent writer. Um, it was very well written, and uh, it's what a great moment. And, and it's so funny. It it cost Nimoy nothing to be friendly. Yeah, you know, and it made a lasting impression. And he didn't need the money. He didn't need to be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He probably, I'm sure, he knew how much it meant to people for him to be there. Uh, isn't there the story of like? Obama, like, uh, was at the same hotel as uh, Leonard Nimoy, and he was getting into a an elevator. And as the doors were closing, Obama flashed the uh, "Live Long and Prosper" symbol. Like, yeah. I could be wrong about that. I, well, let's say I'm oh, right. Oh, I hope it. that's true. Yeah, let's uh, let's see. Last email is from uh, Ash Williams. And by the way, a belated happy birthday to Ash Williams from oh, last I didn't week. Know. Uh, he says. Uh, 
Oh, and also Vincent Wong was listening live, and uh, that's great because it's like in Hong Kong, it's super late. Um, he says, "I vote Lewis Black for the new host of the Daily Show." Huh? I can't deal. Does he have a, some sort of neurological degenerative the shaking thing? The, the shaking it's thing. It's possible. I don't. I don't know the. I answer find to it that. incredibly distracting. It is distracting, and I find his uh, lack of modulation. <laughs> Everything's up here. Yeah. And I couldn't listen for more for than an hour. three minutes. Yeah. It works perfectly as a as a segment. Although I always said that about Colbert, I thought this is a segment that will get super tired, stretched over an episode. And it, it, initially it did. I think he made some adjustments. Yeah. I don't know who I would replace. I think you might have to you go might. young. No, I would be terrible. Uh, I think one, maybe one of those young kids would be good. Oh, my God, these dogs. Okay, the dogs yeah. are going to be locked up next time. Yeah, this, uh, is, this is an experiment that I think we can uh, say clearly failed. And then, uh, let's see, Ash talks about Lance Mountain and Kruger and something involving oral sex that I don't want to get to without yeah, um, we could probably without pass, Kruger pass here. That, so, that yeah, you can just tweet him directly about that. Oh, oh brother. Okay, we're about to wrap up here. And the, the October 14th, 2000. 14 Asian voiced Kowloon pitch meeting is hilarious. Oh my god, we should. I, it's amazing that you remember the date. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, um, he I says, I listen back to it occasionally. More pitch stories in German voices. Pimp that fuck. Thanks, Ash. That's awesome. Kowloon. Um, we were just, we were just uh, doing, just riffing, you know? Okay. I don't remember that. It was, yeah. Uh, so, guys, that's the mail sack. That's the podcast I said I had to end early, and uh, the dogs need to be put down. Yes. <laughs> uh, thank you, you guys. You barked your last bark. So much for uh, listening. And oh, By the way, how was that, that Go-Go's musical? It was a lot of fun. Or can you not talk about, are, are, your, are your lips sealed? Oh, hilarious. Let's get out of here. Oh, all right. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Go to the Oregon Shakespeare Festival and support. It was a blast. And one of the Go-Go's was there, and I got to meet her and hang out with her. Jane Wydlin? No. Wydlin? No. Which one? The, one of the other ones. Charlotte Caffey? Yes. Ah, cool. Yes, she was. That's that's awesome. I'm glad that they... I, you she know was what? fantastic. I'm really happy. I don't mind jukebox musicals. Like, however these these old-timers need to, to stretch a dollar or whatever, milk a... Milk a or just revisit and have fun. Yeah. And, and this is they're they're making a real effort here. First of all, it does have something to say, and second of all, it's not just it's not just a bunch of flimsy excuses to get from song to song. There's actually a story there, and it's actually very funny. Um, maybe Kruger will be back next week. I don't know. Maybe Bill will be here. Who knows? He might Who knows? be building cardboard sets. I might be in pre-production. Uh, maybe Giselle. Maybe maybe the world will have exploded by then. <laughs> but if uh, just in case we're not, you send your emails to at. Uh, Noonerpodcast at gmail.com. And thanks to Darren and Tyson for manning the, the Tumblr. And tweet us if you want to. That's uh, Noonerpod. Nooner. Oh my God. At Nooner Dan Marty. And you can tweet us all at our names except for Bill Tweeters Twatterson. It's oh, Tweeterson, sir. You Jesus blew that. Jesus Christ. I totally blew that. All right. Thanks some, so much, uh, guys. And I'm going to want some Dan news next week. Oh, we'll, we'll try to get Dan on next and some, week. And some uh, James news. Okay. I want to know about our, our, All right. our roots. All right. Um, so thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you next Tuesday. See you. Pop it, hit that box. Pop it, hit that box. Pop it, hit that box. Pop, 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 pop. Hit that box. Pop it, hit that box.
Oh yeah. Pop. Oh yeah. Pop. Oh yeah. Pop. Oh yeah. Pop. Pimp that pose. Pimp that feet. Pimp that pose. Pimp that foot. This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio.